Like modern cinema, fashion, and literature, the 1920s also gave birth to today's riveting topic, comics. Hello and welcome back to Diddy and Hawthorne in the In-Between. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gens, and you're listening to my podcast about the relevancy of literature in the 21st century. Now bookmark that book and let's begin. If you know me, you probably also know that I'm pretty straight-laced when it comes to literature. So then I'm sure you're asking yourself, why comics? Well, here's the backstory. I, like most people, went about my life having heard, of course, about comics like Marvel and Japanese manga, but didn't really have a true interest until I read Moore and Lloyd's V for Vendetta. Then I couldn't help but wonder, what have I been missing all of these years? Many rough estimates of the origins of comics say that it all started with The Funnies, which was a colored newspaper strip that came along with some newspapers and magazines in the early 1900s. There are very few surviving examples of this strip, which was originally published by Dell, and even fewer examples that give clues as to how The Funnies helped the development of later iterations of the comic genre, but nevertheless, it's listed as a bona fide comic source and I have included it accordingly. From then on, comic strips developed into somewhat regular columns that came out always in the same publications and in the same sections of those publications, most commonly on a weekly basis. Gasoline Alley and Popeye are actually two examples that are still in existence today, though the original columns were vastly more popular and reportedly better than those of today. I've been thinking a lot about the golden age of cinema, which started in around the 1920s and continued until it peaked in its second golden age in the 1970s. There were, of course, some setbacks like the Hayes Codes of the 1930s, and I'd love to do an episode on that in conjunction with how the arc of film relates to the arc of literature, but anyway, back to comics. In terms of comics, though, the golden age of comics was reportedly in the 1930s when Famous Funnies, a carnival of comics, which is a book, was released and given away either truly for free or for a very low price. Later, DC Comics actually latched onto another edition of that same publication, which for the first time was made of comics exclusively. Then the tour de force happened. Batman and Superman were introduced. I have a quote from The Artifice that belabors the point of their importance. With the possible exception of Mickey Mouse, whose star has faded considerably in recent decades, Superman and Batman are the only icons that cross over all cultural, ethnic, and social divides to be instantly recognizable. That is, they were the keys to the popularity and indeed the survival of the comic genre over time. In the 30s, though, DC and Marvel were far from the publishing powerhouses that they are today and had many, many competitors to oust in order to become competitive in that market. Something else that I thought was quite interesting was the fact that the boom of comics was encapsulated within the Great Depression. And maybe y'all can think of something else, but I can't think of a single other market that truly had flourishing beginnings during the Great Depression. Now the 1940s, which obviously housed World War II, you've already heard me tell the story about how Great Gatsby became popular, but actually a large percentage of the reading material that they sent over was, you guessed it, comics. But unfortunately, even though many comics were produced during the wartime era, paper shortages led to the eventual destruction of around 90% of the comics produced in that area. We talked about first editions and rare editions of books a few weeks ago, so I think it'd be appropriate to mention that Action Comics No. 1, a wartime-era comic from the 40s, sold at auction for $2.1 million recently. I mean, talk about collector's editions, am I right? The 40s was also an era of copycats, where DC and Marvel ran into several lawsuits with other companies because 
If I'm honest, there are only so many ways to dress a superhero in red spandex. I don't feel that it would necessarily be productive to get into the particulars of those cases, but it'll suffice to say that once DC and Marvel won their respective lawsuits, it was difficult for the other companies to continue the actual storylines of those comics because they didn't have a protagonist, which is how Marvel and DC started to get a head start. Finally, in the 1940s, amidst the court-fueled rubble, Captain America was introduced and became an instant sensation and still is arguably today. Unfortunately for comics, however, the 1950s is truly when the market started to falter for the first time. The 1950s was an era of dramaticism and realism leading up to when Capote launched the true crime era with the book In Cold Blood, which I will probably discuss later, meaning that comet sales started to suffer in addition, famous psychologists from the era started to come out saying that comic books led to juvenile delinquency and violence, and if that sounds familiar, I would perhaps draw parallels to the recent phenomenon with mature video games and younger children. Then, in a circumstance almost identical to the Hays Codes, a novel called Seduction of the Innocent created an upstir that actually propelled comic manufacturers to self-regulate their comics, further blundering sales and content. The only upswing of the 50s was when Julie Schwartz revamped the most famous superheroes from the comic world and gave them new identities in what was called the Silver Age of Comics. Now the 60s though was an interesting time period because of the social revolutions and movements coupled with what people were reading. Rousseau, the enlightenment philosopher that invented circular logic, was popular amongst college students, but comics also took the spotlight. For the first time, comic conventions also grew in popularity, giving rise to the general knowledge about comics and room for characters and plotlines to grow. This is the era, finally, that most resembles today because of the popularity of especially Spider-Man and the X-Men in the comic arena. This is also the time when Japanese manga and anime spread to the US through the aforementioned conventions, which brought people from all over the world together for the first time to chat about comics. The 70s was when Marvel overthrew DC in the market in an event called the DC Implosion, was able to mass produce anything and everything resembling comics that they could get their hands on. The quality of every individual comic plummeted while the availability and popularity of comics in general continued to skyrocket. The production companies were actually able to start distributing their own work at this point, meaning that they were finally able to separate themselves from their still newspaper-affiliated distributors. It honestly shocks me how long they were able to go under the newspaper's wings. But anyway, if the 60s was the start of the comic Silver Age, then the 80s was definitely the peak. The quality found its way back to create some of the best comics ever, like The Dark Knight Returns, Miracle Man, Watchmen, Daredevil, and The Man of Steel, which is a Superman franchise. From the 90s to today, some new competitors like Dark Horse Comics have become popular, but the only note worth mentioning that I could find was that comics were solidified and accepted as a staple of popular culture. Another question though, and one that I'm not sure I'm yet qualified to answer, is what happened when comic books met literature? I can hear that one person who's listening, who's super into comics, going, Hmm, wait, but comics are actually included in the literature category, and yes, I hear you, but what I'm talking about is novels like V for Vendetta. I mean, where, if anywhere, did that come from? 
My best guess, if I was pressed to answer, would be that dystopian fiction in its highly interpretive state facilitated the widest range of forms that literature has seen thus far, other than general fiction, of course. If you think about it, there are literary dystopias like The Handmaid's Tale, YA dystopias like The Hunger Games, fictional dystopias like Fahrenheit 451, and of course, comic books dystopias like V for Vendetta. If you have a better answer than I do on this one, though, I'd love to hear your response to me on Twitter. My favorite comic character, by the way, other than V from V for Vendetta, is the Joker from The Dark Knight Returns. Thank you for listening to an exciting history of comics. I actually pre-recorded this episode quite a bit ago, and so going back and editing was pretty exciting, and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode a second time through as much as I did. We heard Faulkner part one last week and uh, we will continue with Faulkner part two next week with lovely Brianna Poston. Last week was of course the introduction to The Sound and the Fury with a discussion of the relevant texts associated with it and then next week we are getting into more behind the name The Sound and the Fury as well as Faulkner's intentions with it. If you enjoyed the discussion and would like to hear more from me, there is an episode of DH&I for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our back catalogue of episodes. 2019 is the year of Didion, so if you'd like to follow along in my quest to read Joan Didion's collective works or learn more about the movement to bring lit back to people, everything can be found at didionandhawthorne.blueberry.net, and remember that Blueberry is spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Now you can also follow the show on Twitter with at didionin, two ends total. I'll be posting about new lit releases, reading lists, and of course the new projects and episodes relating to DH&I. Still there? One more thing then, remember that leaving a comment or a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other Guilty Pleasure podcast platform helps leverage the show so that other literature enthusiasts can find the community. In other words, it helps a ton. Auf Wiedersehen!